Get him stopped. Get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar did not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Inflated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows, and if you ain't right, they'll send your ass to the rear. Hello again, everyone. My name is Ross Weiss, and welcome to Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series, and the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series presented by Toyota. Have another guest for you this week from the sprint car side of the world as Noah Gass joins us. Of course, Noah in his sophomore season on the road full-time with the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. Born and raised in Oklahoma, Noah kind of has a career ladder similar to a lot of people that come from the racing circles in that part of the country. Junior sprints, micro sprints, midgets, 360, and some non-wing sprint car stuff on up to his 410 a family-run wing sprint car team that they have now. So, again, they're in the midst of their second year full-time on the road with the World of Outlaws. You'll hear Noah talk about some of the struggles that have come in these last 18 or so months on the road full-time with the series, uh, but kind of what their areas for growth and improvement are as they keep pressing forward. So, Noah, just super great kid to talk to. If you ever get the chance to talk to him in the pit area at an outlaw race, I, I could not encourage you enough to go meet him, his crew his crew chief, Cody, Robbie McQuinn on the car as well. Great group of guys that are a part of that 20 GT. So without any further ado, here's Noah Gass this week on Open Red. So this will now become an open red flag situation. Join us on the phone today here on Open Red is Noah Gass. And Noah, let's start most recent news, you guys, you know, decided went and unloaded at the Houston's week weekly show last night. As we're recording this, it's it's Monday, June fifth, but kind of pretty spectacular run through the field for you you guys there last night at Houston. You kind of did you get to add anything to the notebook that that'll help you when we go there in a few weeks for a four night show and a quarter million dollars to win? Yeah, we uh, we definitely saw a pretty unique track from uh, from Houston there last night. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to use that, you know, those notes for that race or any other race at Houston's. Um, but we do have notes for that kind of track again, as if, if we do see that anywhere else. So we did find some stuff and we did obviously get pretty quick and, um, we even feel like we can make it a little bit better. So, um, I don't know if we'll be able to use it at Houston's, but I'm definitely excited to see a track like that again, for sure. Tell me about that race specifically last night. Then you know, said you were, I believe, you know, believe the hard charger through through the whole race, gained eleven or twelve spots from your initial starting spot, I think. But uh, kind of a pretty crazy run run up through there to still end with a P two and get to park around the front straightaway after the race. Yeah, I didn't think the parking on the front straightaway was even possible. I was honestly ready to pull off and you know have five laps into the feature and. Uh, go home uh, after the heat race and I was I was pretty pissed off um, and you know I, me and Cody started talking and we kind of swung a little bit uh, nothing too crazy in the car and um, kind of the fast guys were on top and so I only had to fight for you know probably five spots everything else everyone else was kind of on the bottom so we went 13th to 5th pretty pretty easily 
Um, once I got to the top five is when things started really getting difficult and, um, and then just kind of normal racing stuff. And then good no kind of got sideways there. Um, and I hit him so hard. I was talking to him after the, after the races, he, I bent the front end of his frame over a couple inches, which is crazy. I, I think I fired him back off and then, um, uh, my right rear was bent after that, and I actually kind of thought I was like, "This is actually a good thing" because I was kind of bound up on the right rear already, and I was like, "This could be what I need to win this race." And um, so I was hoping it kind of loosened me up a little bit, and unfortunately, it cut the tire a little bit. Mm. Um, so we started losing air pressure. And, um, thankfully it was only 25 laps cause I started getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And to the point where the last lap was probably, you know, I was really thankful for it only again, only being 25 laps. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy we didn't tear anything. Well, actually we did tear some stuff up, but, um, didn't DNF or anything and just coming home in second, I couldn't be happier than, I couldn't be happier than that coming from 13th. So I didn't think. That was anywhere in the range of, you know, of a possibility, but, um, but yeah, we somehow made it happen and had a bunch of fun doing it. So you mentioned earlier there, you and, uh, Cody Cordell, your, your crew chief kind of took a swing at it. You, you guys have been together for several or several seasons now, but kind of tell me about the, the working relationship that the, the two of you have at the, the racetrack and kind of what, what role he's kind of served in your progression as a driver through these couple of years on the road here with the outlaws. Yeah. So me and Cody actually go further back than just the outlaws. We, um, we actually raced or I raced for him in midgets, um, on Dave Mack motorsports and he was my crew chief for the midgets as well. And so um, we've spent time together. Um, we've, you know, kind of always hit head to head, but, I don't know. It seems like this year, everything's gotten, you know, really well. Our dynamics way better. Um, everything seems, you know, we don't, I don't think we've actually even been mad at each other this year, which is crazy uh, from, you know, last year, man. I mean, you know how crew chiefs and drivers are. They, you know, they get pissed off at each other. It's just how a racing goes. And um, yeah, no, me and Cody have hardly even been mad this year. Like um, our, like, our morale is, you know, through the roof between him and I, but, um, yeah, just everything is, uh, everything's pretty solid between him and I. Yeah. So here it is the kind of the beginning of June as, as we're, we're talking here, you're in your second season full time on the, the road, uh, with the, the world of outlaws here, kind of give me a grade so far on your, your, your sophomore season, what kind of, improvement do you feel like you guys have gone through this year compared to your rookie season last year uh man sophomore season's been tough i I don't know i don't know if the competition's getting better if you know we're struggling with tires i don't know what it is but we are having uh, you know a lot of trouble right now with just everything falling in line it's hard it's it seems like it's getting harder and harder to make um you know, a full night happened and, you know, uh, you know, 
it's obvious with the outlaws you have to make a, you know a full night and make a good full night and um anyways um and that's getting more and more difficult i don't i don't know why but if i were to grade it man i feel like i'm like a c minus at, at best right now man we're struggling but i don't know we'll, we're still fighting we're still trying to figure some stuff out and who knows it you know we could find some and I could be talking to you at the end of the season telling you an A plus. So you never you never know. So but for right now it's it's we're struggling for sure. So what do you you know, as we said, middle of year number two here, full time on the road for you guys, what do you know now and, and have learned that you wish you maybe would have known at the beginning of of year one at the the start of this journey? Oh man. I mean for me it's just all the little things that I'm picking up. There isn't really one big thing that I wish I knew from, you know, from now to then. Um, but I mean, all the all the little things that you pick up is when you know when you race with these guys for two and a half years. It's there's a lot of stuff you do pick up, like you said. But yeah, I'd say that there's just a bunch of little things. I don't really have that one big thing that I could say I wish I could tell myself you know, two years ago. So, so I, you know, I, I'll kind of ask you the, 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 the same question, but maybe a little bit different way. I, I stood several, several weeks ago back at Lincoln and had a conversation with Cody and he talked about how he felt he had seen you kind of grow and evolve as a, as a driver through this experience you, you guys have had. So when you kind of look kind of at your yourself, how do you feel that you've changed and evolved as a driver throughout this experience so far um i this is kind of this kind of be a little bit uh ironic or whatever but i feel like i'm a lot like cooler this year like a lot calmer not getting as frustrated as fast um that's probably the biggest thing and it's kind of funny because i got you know, me and Brock Zierfoss kind of got mad at each other at Grand Forks, and uh, I, I just kind of messed up there. But that's really the only time I've gotten mad this season, and I feel like last season I was pissed off every time I got out of the car. So I don't know if that's reflecting on my driving or not, but um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, if I if I could tell myself one thing, if I could go back, you know, and tell myself one thing, it'd be to come hell down and just chill out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so for the fans who, who maybe don't know, uh, you know, a little bit of your background to, to get to this point in your career, let's kind of run the, the clock back for them. So you've been around racing pretty much your whole life. Your, your dad, you know, has been around in, in racing even before you were around, obviously, but let's kind of walk people through, what kind of got you to this point? I know you did some time in junior sprints, micros, midgets, but kind of give me the the walkthrough of where you've been and what you've seen uh, to, to get you to this point in your racing career. Yeah, so I started racing when I was, uh, I think I was around five or six. Uh, I told my dad we were just sitting on the couch and watching TV or something. I don't even know. And I just told him I wanted to race and, he just said, okay, and that was the end of the conversation, and then I didn't think anything of it for a while, and then he came home with a junior sprint in the back of his truck and pulled it out and started making laps in the yard, 
Um, and then from there, I think we were both hooked, and, uh, you know, because, I mean, dad's raced in his past, but um, we both just fell in love with it. And then from there, we raced Port C for, oh, I don't know, six years after that, seven years uh, racing restrictor, A-class, uh, just regular micro stuff. And then when I was 13 or 14, um, I got into a like a 305 little wing sprint car division type deal. Um, did that for two years, ran midgets for two years. Um, so that would be 13, 14, 15, 17. So then I think we ran non-wing sprint cars for a year combined with uh, some midget stuff and then we went straight into uh, i got hopped in a 360 so this is my first big wing um start we did i think two races and then we loved it so much we put the non-wing engine in the non-wing 410 engine in and went to an outlaw show so my first 410 show was an outlaw show and then yeah and then um I guess we were hooked with the with the wing thing, just like we were hooked with the junior sprint. So it just kind of has evolved into, you know, bringing Cody and Robbie on to make it more of a legit team and system. And um, like you said, I mean, Cody and I have evolved a ton in just the last six months. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of start to now, and that's kind of where we're at. To run the clock back a little bit there, uh, as you were talking and talk about some one of your bigger micro sprint accolades, but you, you you've actually got a golden driller to your credit uh, at the the Tulsa Shootout. But 2016, I believe, in the restrictor, right? Yeah, 2016 in the restrictor. Yep. So I mean, tell me about that experience. Those are those are obviously pretty uh, pretty highly sought sought after, but very difficult trophies to win, especially at the shootout when some of the classes can have upwards of. 80, 90 to 150 entries, to, to, depending on which class that you're running in the, in the micro there. Yeah, that that was a pretty cool race. Uh, we had, like, no intention of going there to win. We were we were just going there to have fun. Same thing as going to Port City on a weekly day or a weekly, weekly show. We were just going there to have fun. And I, I don't know what it was, but when I went out for hot laps – I knew something was different. Like I could just feel it. And then we go out for the heat race. I win my heat race. I go out for my qualifier. I win my qualifier. We're sitting pulling the feature and I get the jump and I lead, I lead every lap and just, you know, God was on my side or something. Cause that card never felt the same before or after. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a really cool experience and, that was that was something that I haven't been able to top for a while. So you 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 mentioned there earlier, kind of you know putting your own sprint car team team together, bringing in Cody, bringing in Robbie. What all kind of went into that decision in twenty twenty one? You know, because you kind of had been in the the midgets pretty substantial. You mentioned we're working with Cody back at Dave Mac, but what all went into that decision uh, there a couple years ago to to go all in and, and fully start your own four ten sprint car team? So. Um, I was having a lot of trouble in the shop cause it was just me and, uh, my dad was working. So I was kind of busting my ass to get, get out, get out and race every week. And at that time, you know, we were racing three times a week and 
that was getting really hard. And then, so we, we hired a couple guys and everything kept falling through, kept falling through. And it was really just making it harder and harder. And then, um, Cody had split from Dave Mack and then was with someone else. And then they split shortly after. And, um, he was kind of looking for a job and not really looking for a job, but we called him up and we said, Hey man, we need your help. Uh, we need some hands. We need some knowledge. We need anything. Cause we were, you know, we were, I was desperate for sure. Um, not in a bad way, but finally, um, that deal kind of came about and then Cody obviously enjoyed it enough to kind of get his right hand, uh, man, you know, Robbie and got him on board and we've just all kind of been together since. And it's, uh, it's definitely been a journey since then. So we, we've spent this whole time talking about obviously the, you know, the, the past and what got you to this point, what you've been doing in the, the present. But as we get ready to wrap this up, I guess one of my final questions is going to be, you know, kind of what, what are the future goals for, you know, you, Cody, and Robbie's are out there on the road, obviously, you know, parking it on the front straightaway more like we talked about earlier. But what are the, the long-term goals of this op- operation for you guys and your dad, Randy? Man, I don't know. At this point, we're kind of we're kind of year-by-year, race-by-race type of deal. Of, uh, you know, I, I tell Cody, like, he's my last crew chief type of thing. Like I'm not going to go through a bunch of different crew chiefs and I'm not going to be that guy or that driver. Um, you know, I believe if you want to be successful, you got to stick together and it's going to take on the outlaw tour, you know, seven years. So, um, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know if we really have a goal. We just try and improve every night as kind of what you learn on the tours. You kind of have to think that way. And you can't you can't set goals too high, and sometimes you can't have goals at all because it just gets shot down so fast on the on a tour. So, man, me and Cody just try and get better and better every night, and really, that's all you can do. So, with that, what, yeah. What do you guys view then as your your biggest areas for growth and improvement as you keep going up up and down the road here? Um, greatest area of improvement. Yeah, like what 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 do you guys view as being the areas that you need to Im- improve upon the most? Oh, that we need to or that we have? That you need to. Well, I guess everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we ain't real good right now. Um, and that's, you know, part of that, that's kind of a good question because part of that, is tricky because you don't sometimes you don't really know what you need to improve on and that's what gets so frustrating sometimes is not even knowing the question type of thing it's like what 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 needs to happen and it's not a how do you make it happen it's a what do you need to happen and that's like i said what gets so frustrating so that's that's kind of an interesting interesting inlook that not a lot of people not a lot of people see from the outside in and that only, you know, when you're doing it that you understand kind of how it, how it works. All right. I'm going to leave you with this question because we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this guy while we were doing this. But obviously, 
your dad is obviously a, a, a huge part in you and Cody and Robbie being able to have the ability to go up and down, down the, the road every week. But tell me about your, your, your dad. Obviously he's all, all in on this deal and, and what you guys are go- have going up, up and down the road. But just tell me about your dad and what people should know about him. Yeah, no, he's, he's been all in on me for, from day one. Um, he's probably the best dad that I could have ever asked for. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just, he's stuck behind me. He's even whenever I think I'm not good enough or whenever I want to quit, he's always pushing me and telling me I have it, you know, you're this close and he's always been the guy to be positive, but he's also the guy that, you know, pushes me and, you know, tells me when I'm wrong. So I feel like he's the perfect balance of everything. And I, I got really lucky to have him in my corner and uh, I couldn't be more grateful to have him behind me uh, funding this deal um, and pushing me to be better. So uh, like I said, mo- I'm most grateful for him and I thank God for that every day. Well, all right. On that note, Noah Gass, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today, bud. And uh, look forward to seeing you back in action at Knoxville this weekend. I appreciate it, man. Well, that's going to do it for us this week here on Open Red. Thanks to every one of you for listening. A few housekeeping notes before we wrap it up this week. Please do not forget to rate, review, and follow Open Red on whatever platform you were listening to it on. So drop a few stars, leave a comment, hit that follow button. That really helps push the show into the feeds of people who aren't subscribed to the show and listening every week yet. Don't forget to follow the World of Outlaws and the Extreme Outlaw Midgets on social media across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. There's accounts there to follow one or both series everywhere. If you have suggestions for guests on the show, don't forget to tweet me at Raw Suisse and use that hashtag Open Red anytime you have a thought on the show or a note to get to me as well. Again, thanks everybody for listening. That's going to do it this week. We'll see you next time on Open Red. Hashtag Open Red.